Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, I guess I need to go and get the bags from under Queen Victoria's eyes and just pack my shit and leave. When I tell you there was so much unmitigated gall this week on reality TV, yes, gall, G-A-L-L, that's going to be our word of the week, gall. There was so much unmitigated gall across all of the reality shows we're talking about. I just couldn't believe this shit. I, I just want to pack my shit and leave reality TV for at least a week. I am over it. I actually loved it, though, because we got some good-ass episodes of TV this week. Y'all, this is the reality roundup episode of me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2. Let's do this shit. Hey, guys. This is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture, everything from reality TV to the MCU to the DCEU to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! (laughs) Hello, everyone. This is Kendrick host of the Me and You, the Housewives of Marvel 2 podcast. And of course, I'm the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture, also known as your mammoth's favorite black geek. 
Boy, oh boy, do we got a lot to talk about this week. I don't know how how the hell long this episode is going to be. I say that every week, and it ends up being around the same time every single week. But, y'all, whew, let's just get some 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 uh, publisher house clearing shit out of the way first. Uh, I finished my summer house journey. Yes, thank you. No need for the applause. I was going to cue up some applause there, but uh, I'll let you clap for yourself. Yes, I finished it all four seasons in under a month, I believe. <laughs> I watched episode one, like back when the trailer dropped. I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And then I was bored on the first episode, so I didn't go back for a while. But then, I don't know, I guess the tra- I don't. something happened to where I was like, okay, let me go back. Let me finish this show. And so I can start watching it for the new season. Child, it picked up right after episode one. And each season, it got better and better and better. And season five is supposed to be the best one yet. That might be a lie. I don't know. I'm just, I'm grading it on a a Potomac Housewives curve. Because they kind of followed the same trajectory where season one were enough to rope you in. Season two, rope you in. Season three, uh, the shit. But, you know, still you know, bring it up a little bit. Season four, the absolute shit. And then season five, the peak of Shitterton. So being the peak of Shitterton, I'm just expecting them to follow the same curve. You know, they have a, a black cast member this upcoming season, Sierra. I'm all for it. I'm here for it. Uh, Luke is back. He doesn't have a beard anymore. He has long hair. I don't know how I feel about none of that kind of shit going on. But uh, we see quarantine Carl, sober Carl, bearded Carl. We'll see, you know, what all's going on. Yeah, we catch back up with Amanda and Kyle. Y'all probably don't know none of these damn people, or maybe you know all of them. I don't know. But regardless, if you haven't started Summer House, go ahead and start it. A lot of people say don't watch seasons one and two. I I enjoyed watching one and two. So I would say watch them all because my whole thing is, I think I've told y'all this before, I'm really picky about picking up a show in like the middle of the seasons. I need to watch it from like, the beginning like I need to make sure that I hate all the right people I need to make sure I like all the right people like if you had a white supremacist tattoo on you season one but then you got to remove season two and then I start watching season three and I'm thinking that you uh (laughs) you the greatest thing to black people since sliced bread that might be a little issue for me if I come back and find out like oh he was a whole clansman like oh okay gotcha I, so i'm i'm real picky about that i i got to i got to watch from the beginning i like to go on the journey and see my characters develop you know imagine <laughs> we wouldn't be able to fully appreciate Portia Williams for what she is right now if we didn't know about the damn uh you know she tried to put Harriet Tubman on the Underground Railroad but you know you had to pay 25 cents to get on it because it was actually a matter bus you know i we we appreciate that a lot more since we know Porsche's journey, I'm the same way. I can't just start something in the middle. So if y'all are even thinking about watching Summer House, do it. Watch Summer House. Another thing, I will be on Amanda from It's All Happening with Amanda. I'll be on her podcast this week. We're talking about, she's been doing like some kind of uh more, what is it? Like more, I don't want to say serious because it, it's our life, you know. But she's been talking about a lot more things that like really need to be discussed so she wanted to have kind of like just a fun episode and so she called me and we just do like ridiculously dumb shit for i don't know how long it's gonna be probably two hours or so 
And we just, you know, talk about everything. So literally the antithesis of if you're expecting like a podcast episode of CNN, do not listen to that. But (laughs) if you just want to have a good ass time, I'm going to be on there. It's all happening with Amanda. It's coming out on Friday. Oh boy. What's the date? January 29th. So, you know, listen to that. It'll be great. We talk about everything from Marvel. We talk about, she watched the first Marvel movie for the podcast. So we talk about Marvel. We talk about Summer House. We talk about uh, Housewives of Atlanta. We talk, we talk about everything. So check that out. And we also play a game of Hot or Not, <laughs> which was super fun to do. You'd be surprised how much me and Amanda actually have in common. So check that out. What else do I have going on? Um, Oh, I'll be most likely recording with Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast because uh, Summer House comes out next week. And so we want to talk about Summer House. We felt like there was not... You know, she kind of reached out to me when she knew that I was going on this journey. And she was like, so we probably need to talk about this because there she felt like, you know, there probably weren't enough like black people watching or even talking about Summer House. So she's like, let's let's talk about it. Like, let's give our perspective. We've both watched it, you know, from the beginning. Now, let's talk about it. I'm like, hell yeah, let's talk about it. So at some point, I'll be plugging that. And by the way, with Amanda, we've for the Summer House, we've both bought cases of lover boy which is if y'all don't know that's the drink that one of the guys like made on a shit it's like a hard tea we've bought lover boy both of us and we're gonna do a live taste testing on instagram live one day so be on the lookout on instagram for those details i want y'all to know that damn lover boy it was was higher than giraffe pussy they better know they better be glad that i got a stimulus check coming from joe biden at some point because it damn near took my whole stimulus trying to buy that that shit i ordered i think a 12 pack it's coming from new york i'm guessing i don't know where the hell the warehouse is but it ended up i had ten dollars off <laughs> a coupon and it still ended up being eighty dollars so we'll see if it's worth that eighty dollars i'm i spent the money so y'all don't have to so you should be very appreciative of me you're welcome I'll taste it. I'll let y'all know. We invited Kyle and Carl and Amanda uh, to the live taste testing. I doubt they show up. But in the case that they do, you don't want to miss it, okay? So we'll let y'all know about that shit too. February will also be a pretty good month where you'll get to hear a lot, a lot of me. I'll be on different podcasts. You know, it's Black History Month, so I got to make my rounds to all the black-ass podcasts. So I'll be talking with Taria from the What Else Is Going On podcast. I'll be talking to uh, Bravo While Black. You know, we love Kaya and Aaron, Kaya, Kaya, whatever the hell y'all want to call her. I call her cousin, okay? <laughs> uh, so I'll be, t- I mean, I'll be talking to a lot of people. It'll be fun. Me and uh, Lily from the She Starting account will do uh, a little game for you guys. It'll be good. But February is going to be a good month. Also, Saturday, of course, I'm dropping another bonus episode. They keep saying that episode four of WandaVision is going to be the SHIT. And I thought that every episode so far has been the SHIT. So I'm ready. R-E-A-D-Y to watch it w-a-t-c oh, see that i'm gonna be like mama d in a minute <laughs> i mean my ass gonna be like mama d in a minute b-i-c-t-h look 
just look out for me and let's go ahead and get into these let's do all our non-bravo reality shows first let's of course kick it off with the bachelor and matt james turtleneck wearing ass child it's a new day a new week a new dawn a new life and these motherfuckers are still talking about sarah child victoria says something along the lines of the trash took itself out katie like a decent human being says like can we stop the girl ain't even here to defend herself victoria of course we know victoria uh big shoplifting ass uh, comes out of nowhere being doing the childish thing that she always does saying you know uh i'll, I'll do whatever i want you know you're not gonna make me then uh, victoria look this was the episode that really sealed the fact that oh how do I say this without sounding aggressive? Um, this was the episode where you really need to get your ass beat a little bit. Not not a whole lot, but just like beat enough. You know, like every now, you know, sometimes as kids, people don't get their ass beat in the trajectory that they necessarily need to. Only when it's justified, though. You have to have a justifiable ass whooping. It can't just be, you know, you beating the hell up on somebody just because the wind blew to the left or something like that. Victoria... You were giving these people reasons left and right to want to put their hands on you. Now, we grown, functioning adults, so I'm glad they didn't put their hands on you. But I'm just saying, that might be the reason why I can't join reality TV. Whoo! Let me tell you something. That would have been... They should have did you like that man did Conor McGregor this weekend. <laughs> that poor man. I don't know where the hell Conor McGregor We ain't heard him talk since. He talked so much shit every night. You know what? Y'all don't know who the hell I'm talking about. Let's get back to it. We go to the group date. The women, you know, they start doing a little thing with, hey, can we talk for a sec? And, you know, they pull them aside. They pull them all the way. And then we get to see Chelsea. Chelsea pulls them aside. And look, you know, we expect to come on here. Oh, how do I say this? We expected Chelsea to come on here. And because she has the low fade, I guess we were expecting her to do a lot of ball head whole shit, you know, but she, she's not doing that. And I like the energy she's given and that's coming from a ball head hoe. I would know. I got a lot of experience being a ball head hoe. So I was fully expecting her to come out here doing a lot of ball head whole shit. She wasn't Chelsea is deep. We witnessed an entire conversation on the bachelor kind of similar to like Ivan and uh, Tasia doing their talk last season about black lives matter and what it was like being biracial for both of them, all this kind of stuff. We hearing conversations about black hair. We talking about uh, how she was scared to never, you know, she always wanted to make sure her hair was chemically straightened when she was going around students at her school, not being comfortable with it, not being straight because it was an all, you know, predominantly white school, doing the big chop, all this kind of stuff. And because of that, Chelsea ends up getting the date roles. Now, see, that's what I'm talking about. Get her, get a date role. She wasn't on that, uh, you know, that BHHS. She was just, she was, you know, opening up for the culture, telling us we know damn well that Matt not going to pick me because, you know, he don't. Okay, let me stop because, you know, y'all hear <laughs> So, um, okay. I pro I'm not going to harp on that no more. I promise I'm not. I just promised everybody that, you know, because we knew Tasia didn't want no black man. Look, 
We knew that, so I had I, I got to give Matt James the same kind of, you know, pushback. You know, I want y'all to love whoever you want to love, pick who you want to pick. You know, my front runner is uh, our Lauren and Katie right now. They're my favorites, but I know one of them stands a much bigger chance than the other one. Okay, back to the solo dolo scene that we get with Katie and Victoria. Now, look, I don't know who grandmama Victoria is supposed to be, but Victoria demands an apology for being cut off. Now, child, of everything that happened in that conversation, you want somebody to apologize to you. Ain't that some shit? Katie says, basically, you know, you know, I like to summarize things. Katie said, girl, fuck you. Well, she didn't say it like that, but you know what I mean? She, she basically says, look, Katie want, <laughs> Katie wanted to tell that lady to take them bags under her eyes, pack them, leave, get the fuck out of Nima Colon. We trying to be a uh, peace, prosperity and uh beauty in here. And you just trying to be a, a, a double headed ninny muggins. I don't know. I, I don't even know what movie that's from, but I pulled it out of vocabulary. I've been talking about, all this kind of old school fanciful shit lately. So the who knows? I don't, what movie is that from? Somebody tell me. Cause I don't damn know on a serious note though, Katie, you're one of my favorites, like off rip. Now you like, you said so much during this speech that I was just like standing up clapping the entire way. Well, look, let me stop lying. You know, I do a lot of lying on this motherfucking podcast. Sometimes <laughs> I do a lot of damn. Let me tell you something. I was sitting there. I was probably so wrapped up under that damn weighted blanket. I can barely move when I had a, that shit on. I was probably, I was hot for the first time yesterday, but couldn't get that damn blanket off because it's so heavy. I I wasn't standing up, but I was probably clapping on my couch. You were saying a lot of good shit that I feel like needed to be heard from Victoria. See, her mama wasn't telling her this stuff when she was a child. Somebody got to tell her. I'm glad you're the one that told her. You were saying stuff like, you're not going to get an apology out of me. Uh, expressing yourself and name calling are two different things. If you're going to be a bitch, I'm going to tell you that you're being a bitch every single time. KT, I know the fuck that's right. See, Victoria's ass was shushooketh. And I mean shuh, the shook, and the if. She was shushooketh. See, Victoria shines in those kind of shock value moments. She's the, the pulling the crown off in the... uh the doing of this and doing of that, you know, when she has an audience, but when she has to be one-on-one with somebody that actually has wits and Katie has wits. Oh, you know, you, you cower, you have nothing to do. That's why you have to make your moments in the big scenes, getting those laughs with them because one-on-one these smart girls, the, all of these corporate attorneys and these, uh, the, whatever the hell Katie, I don't even know what the hell Katie do child. I just know she got a deal though. So whatever the hell they doing, Victoria, you better try to keep it in a group because they making your ass look dumb one-on-one. Now, Victoria, as worsome as you are, you did make me laugh a few times during this episode. And when I wish violence on you because you needed some time, I don't mean violence. Like, you know, I don't want nobody getting their ass beat on reality TV, like for the sake of entertaining. You know, it, it ain't worth all that. If when I say getting, you know, getting your ass beat, I just mean like I want somebody to pick up like a... A good solid shoe, like not a UGG boot, like a good, uh, not a uh, who 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 make a good size, not 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 a Timberland, but not a UGG boot, somewhere in between. I want them to pick up a uh, a uh, uh, Uglin, pick up a Uglin, and just throw it at her ass. That's what I mean. Like I just want you to shut up one good time. 
But when Victoria made it known that she was going to be first, she said, I'm Elsa, you're Anna. So let it go, bitch. I'm going first. That was some funny shit. Why did they remind me of, I'm Angelina, you're Jennifer. Come on, bitch. You see where Brad at? First of all, she didn't even get to go first. She, you know, then she ended up being like 10th in line to talk to Matt. And then when the one-on-one finally happened, Chris Harrison gooped Victoria's ass and pulled Matt aside. Right when she was pretending to open up, child. <laughs> the girls was thinking that Sarah was coming back and they were shushukasting again. No, Sarah wasn't coming back, but it was five new motherfuckers coming up in the place. Chris Harrison said they got so like a record number of responses when they found out that, because I guess apparently people knew who the hell uh, Matt James turtleneck wearing ass was. So they were like, okay, we got a record number of responses. So plow, ta-dow, watch out now. It's the little one and it's not bow wow. We got all these responses. So we got five more women for you to meet. We meet the five women. There's Brittany from Chicago who kisses him right out of the gate. And them women hold a grudge about it for the rest of the episode. We get Michelle, who's a teacher from Minnesota. We get Ryan, the dancer from Brooklyn, BK. Throw it up. We get Kimberly, the nurse from L.A., who was naked at their rose ceremony. And we get Catalina, the former Miss Puerto Rico from Puerto Rico. Now, look child all of y'all are insanely beautiful but catalina that's that's only your job for a year until they crown somebody else and then your shit already said former so like what do you what what's your job like you know all these women's jobs are up there like what do you what do you do it already said former like what do you do for money like i know you can i don't i know people ain't just like booking former miss Puerto Rico. I, I don't know. Maybe they are. Shit, I don't know how to st- chat. If people was booking uh Candace and Mo and not Monique, uh Candace and Ashley for coming in tenth place in their pageants, I guess anybody can make some money off doing pageants. So child, let me get off of Catalina. Catalina, do you boo? Do it and then do it some more. Look, Victoria, I had just given your ass some credit. For making me laugh in this episode. And now I got to tear you down once again. You think I like sitting up here tearing people down? Kinda. But no I don't. I don't like to tear you down like that Victoria. But somebody. Listen. It was a couple of times. It's hard to make me want to wish violence. On anybody on TV. But Victoria. You you were trying it. A lot during it. You were trying it. Throughout this episode. Your mouth is reckless and your attitude is bad. See, it was cute at first because we needed a little bit of, you know, a little bit of entertainment. But no, it's time to roll. She told Catalina when Catalina come in there, you know, she came in with a sash, her ball gown and her crown on. She said, I'm Victoria, you know, like the queen. And I think that I should be the one to have the crown. And then she proceeded to take the crown off of that girl's head. Now, look, the moment your fingers would have touched my head, it would have been Donkey Kong Country 3, and I'm not Diddy or Dixie Kong. I'm Donkey Kong, ho. Well, I don't want to be a monkey or a gorilla. Wait a minute. Hold on. Because, you know, I, oh, Lord, it's post-racial. I don't want to be compared to no monkey now. Hold on. 
it's I'm K Rule. But no, I don't even know if y'all know that reference. K Rule was the, the bad guy. No, I don't want to be a a big ass alligator either. Hold on, uh, because he used to get his ass whooped too. Let me think of something. I'm bitch. It would have been Smash Brothers in that bitch, okay? And I would have been Donkey Kong. God damn it! Wait a minute. I would have been Link. <laughs> swish swish. No, I. You know what? I I'm not gonna be nobody. I'm just hoping one of them throw a a ugling at your ass because I'm sick of you, Victoria. I'm sick of your ass, and I don't want to see you no more. Well, maybe like two or three more weeks because the shit is real kind of entertaining. But after that, I don't want to see your ass again on my TV. After watching them spiral out of control for God knows how long because of these five new women. It's finally time for the rose ceremony. Thank God. Let's get some of these motherfuckers at the house. I didn't realize until the rose ceremony that that new girl, Kim, was butt-ass naked. She had on one of them J-Lo from the 90s Dayton P. Diddy or or Puff Daddy or Papa Diddy Puff dresses. I, where was the rest of your damn clothes at? Where, where is your clothes? Where is your scooter? Look, I remember one time, this is so damn random. But y'all know about now listening to this podcast. I'm the most random motherfucker on the planet. I remember it was for my 31st birthday. So it would have been this past, this past September. We all, my family took a trip to Birmingham. You know, we didn't really do much like outside because it's still a whole uh, Ponderosa outside, a whole Panda Express. It's a whole uh, polyamorous polygamy outside. And we, uh, one of the things we did though, we went to brunch at, uh, this one place that like let you have your own area. And we were outside waiting to like get in for our table. We were outside like by the cars and we had my three-year-old little cousin with us. I remember some girl had walked out of the restaurant and she had on, I mean, like it looked like a, a tank top, but a bra, you know, like one of those like sports bras, but then had on like the little shorts to match it. Basically, you can see everything except her Christmas. She walked out of that restaurant and she walked past. I was holding my little cousin. I remember I, I picked her up. I had her on my shoulders. She walked past us. And my first of all, my cousin never stops talking. So she was talking a mile a minute. And she was talking, talking, talking. That lady walked by. My cousin got dead silent. She waited till she got about 10 feet away and she tapped me on my head. She said, where the rest of that lady clothes at? I said, baby, I don't know. That lady was hot, I guess, when she walked out the house. It was September, so maybe maybe it was hot enough for all that. I don't know. But that lady was, she must have been hot as hell because that lady was butt-ass naked coming out of the restaurant. That just reminded me that, Kim, next time you come to the rose ceremony, girl, put some clothes on. You was naked up in them people's, uh, up in the Nima Collins castle. Listen, let me take a quick side note. Y'all know I love a side note. Anna... The coffee-drinking halfa that was spreading all of those vicious rumors about that uh, a child. I don't even know the damn good name. The one that was spreading all them damn rumors about prostitution. I know we talk a lot about the baby doll Valley Girl speak. You know, like, we talk a lot about, like, Whitney Rose on Salt Lake City or Stephanie Holman on The Real Housewives of Dallas. But Anna's voice irritates the hell out of me for some reason can we normalize opening your mouth to speak i don't know what the hell it is like i thought there was a natural occurrence when you speak to somebody you open your mouth unless your jaw is wired shut 
Anna does this thing where she's like, you know, she talks, you know, I and a prostitute. And I'm like, what? The other girls are like, yeah, I know what you mean. No, the fuck you don't. You don't know what the hell that girl just said. Girl, open your damn mouth. It's like an episode of uh, uh, Charlie Brown and a Pumpkin Patch. Like when the teacher comes over to Charlie Brown, wah, 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 and Charlie actually responds, boy, what? You understood that? I, a child, let me find out Anna was the teacher on, uh, on Charlie Brown all of these years, and we didn't figure out the biggest mystery in the history of uh, cartooning. Anyway, enough of her. We get another group date, and Ben Higgins comes to visit now i recognize his face like i know he's a former bachelor like was he the pilot or was that somebody else i feel like pilot pete was a name maybe not pilot ben i don't know i might chat i might be lying about everything coming out of my mouth i don't damn know all i know is he set up an obstacle course and somebody won <laughs> y'all should look Y'all know I be half-ass paying attention anyway. I don't know them people's names or nothing. I, I don't know who won it or who was competing. All I know is Maggie was in that water just spinning. I remember when we was kids, Memphis used to have an amusement park called uh, Liberty Land. Isn't that the most southern uh, Confederate flag, Dixie child? I, we we had an amusement park called uh, Liberty, <laughs> Liberty Land. And my cousin got stuck out and you know when you take like those big like donut tubes out that are like motorized and they let you drive them out like in a little lake and all that kind of stuff child my cousin couldn't figure out how to get back that motherfucker was just spinning in circles the whole time they had to have somebody swim out there to get her if that wasn't the funniest shit in the world I my cousin ain't got on one of them motherfuckers since I don't blame you they closed Liberty Land down a long time ago though cause the child it's Memphis we don't we don't keep nothing open here too long so I mean, it shouldn't come as a shock, but uh, normalized Liberty Land being where people can drown because they don't know how to get back on them donuts. Anna's Ouija mouth ass pulls Matt aside, but they get interrupted by one of the new girls, and it's Brittany from Chicago. Child, I'm glad I put it in my notes because I couldn't remember that girl's name for the life of me. This makes her want to tell all of that lady business. She tells Victoria of all people, of course. I guess she told Victoria because she got a lot of places to put them rumors under her eyes. God damn it. She tells Victoria that people are telling her to watch out for Brittany because she's entertaining men for money and doing all this and that, going to clubs with men, yada, yada, yada. See, Anna... You just as reckless as Victoria, and it makes sense as to why y'all are friends now. That, that, that This whole episode got on my bad side. Even though it was entertaining as hell, it really left a bad taste in my mouth. Anna, you reckless as fuck. It, you, a, you a dirty dog, as my mama would say. You just an old dud-ass dog. During the midst of the lies, the lies, the lies, they found out that Michelle... One of the new girls. She's the one that gets a one-on-one -on -one with Matt the next time. And the other girls are sick. They doing all that slick talking that they've been doing all episode, child. You couldn't pay me enough. I've been swung on somebody, I swear. Ooh, they really pissed me off this episode. Matt gives a rose to Bree, who I really like. Anna was upset that she didn't get it. And she tries to blame it on Brittany. But that's called karma, okay? Don't blame it on Brittany. That's karma, ho. She then, uh, disgustingly, in front of everybody, by the way, addresses the rumors about her entertaining men for money. See, one thing that really pissed me off, 
as Brittany is telling them that none of this is true and that all of this, you know, all that's going to be really hard, uh, you know, coming there and, you know, all this coming out and all this kind of stuff, Victoria says, then leave. And then just like a child, she looks around to the other contestants just to make sure that they're laughing at her, like all of her bully friends. Girl, respectfully, go straight to hell. You like, with all due disrespect, get the first flight to hell. And I hope it's not Delta. I hope you catch a spirit flight to hell because then you got to be uncomfortable. You probably have to stand up on a spirit flight. They let you hold on to a a handle like you on a goddamn bus. You know what? And I hope you hold that handle all the way to hell, you evil bastards. Michelle and Matt go on their little date, and it's a scavenger hunt set up by Chris Harrison's knock-kneed ass. It was cute. It was a real cute date. You know, they had a lot of fun, both of them being outdoorsy, which is good because Matt is dressed like a lumberjack half the time anyway. They they want, like, the same amount of kids. It was a lot. It was a lot of stuff they had in common. It was twin energy. I liked a lot of it. During this time, the ladies uh, get a date card that basically says, if you want love, be ready to whoop ass for it. Now, I didn't say that exactly, but, you know, I, I like to, you know, I like to summarize on this show. Okay, this is, the, this is the summary podcast. If you want the length, go to somebody else. I'm summarizing. That day card said, if you want love, be ready to whoop some ass for it. Or either, it, it was two cards, as a matter of fact. One said, if you want love, be ready to whoop ass. The other one said, if you want love, be ready to get your ass whooped. <laughs> the bachelor says, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the bachelor says, you sorry hoes don't deserve love. If you can't fight, if you don't know how to square it up like uh, Portia Williams or Tammy Roman, then you can't have love around her. You better take your ass to uh, Dr. Phil and see what's wrong with you because you ain't just going to be out here not being able to fight trying to find love. Not with Matt James. I, maybe with Ben Higgins, but not with Matt James, okay? <laughs> Child. Mia St. John comes and tell them ladies that they whooping ass for love tonight. At the actual date, violence. ABC chose violence. Bachelor Nation chose violence. Them women were getting punched in the throat. They were getting their noses broken. They were getting kicked in the cooter. All types of violent shit. Now look, why? That's my question. For why? <laughs> for why? Lauren, the attorney, listen, the day I get my ass whooped by an attorney, <laughs> Lauren, the attorney, tried to uh, uh, kick that good damn head off. And then Matt go come over, had the nerve to come over, trying to be a comforting presence. How you feeling? Boy, I'm fucked up. I ain't got no damn insurance. Who the fuck gonna pay to fix my nose after y'all let this lady beat on my ass like a damn drum? And I can't sue that lady because she a goddamn attorney. Now, see... ABC, if I was uh whoever the hell that was, I'd be drawing up contracts and documents on y'all ass right now. I would say y'all created a hostile work environment. I would say that uh 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 I'd I'd make up anything I can in the book to get y'all ass sued. All that damn uh beating up them ladies had to go through just for Matt turtleneck cardigan sweater wearing ass. You know what? <laughs> I'm sick of it all. I'm sick of every little thing that y'all are trying to give to me. I bet if I bet if this is the Bachelorette, I bet Matt ass wouldn't be getting in the ring fighting nobody unless he had to fight over uh which cardigan sweater he had to wear tonight or which turtleneck his ass had to pick. If he had to pick uh one of Seal's turtlenecks or one of Kim's turtleneck, listen, 
I'm so sick of that man and them cardigans. I don't know what to do. They had them. I'm starting to think it's some credence to that whole uh, make Matt come across as non-threatening as possible thing because the amount of turtlenecks that man owns shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't be legal. I don't. I, I don't like that in my young Miami voice. I don't like that. Listen, we didn't get a lot of Lauren this episode because you know up until now Lauren's been my favorite, but Katie is really emerging as my shero. I loved her during the last five minutes of this episode, especially. You know, she was already uh doing the girls in during the first five minutes, but during the last five minutes, she was doing just as much. First, she was defending the new girls in front of the old heifers. And then she went and tells Matt that they're attempting to spread rumors that can damage someone's whole life outside of this show. She says, take the opportunity to address it while you have everybody in the room tonight, tomorrow. I don't know when the hell it is, child. But he said, address it. He says, I absolutely will. I don't want anybody treating anybody like that. I'm just okay with them getting their uh, they motherfucking head knocked off in a boxing ring. But other than that, I want to protect these women, child. Listen, <laughs> that's it for The Bachelor. But you know, I can't switch gears yet because there was a post credit scene where Matt was dancing for Maggie. Now, look, I've done a lot of cringing in my reality TV watching days. I don't know if I've ever cringed this hard watching reality TV. That man dancing. So, well, so, I, I don't know if it was somebody told me he was, I guess he was a TikTok dancer. Is that how he got famous? But seeing that shit on TikTok set to music is an entirely different vibe than watching ABC's The Bachelor and having that man perform that for somebody with absolutely no music. When I tell you I was cringe, I was watching through my fingers the entire time. But you better believe I was watching. Because you can't, there was some, you know, it's certain shit you just can't let slide. You just, I, I was watching the whole time. I don't know what that was. I hope we don't see no more of it. But if we do, I'm going to watch. I'm going to just watch through my hands. Hopefully I ain't got no, uh, no damn dust or dirt under my fingernails or something. But I'm going to watch through it because... Oh, Lord, that was a lot. The Bachelor, y'all woke me the fuck out. There was a lot of unmitigated gall throughout that whole episode. Before we get to Bravo, let's go ahead and switch over to OWN TV. Switch the channels to OWN TV, and let's talk about our new favorites, The Bell Collective. We start off with Latrice talking to her husband about investing in her business because apparently he's been wanting to invest it in a long time. Apparently, he didn't believe in the business at first, but now that it's uber successful, the number one hair vendor in the South, now all of a sudden he believes in it and he want to invest in it, child. He, uh, we kind of start to see the power struggle that exists in that relationship. And, you know, they, they got an age difference between them. So, you know, a power struggle plus age difference does not a happy household make. I'm glad I said that right because I was about to fuck that all the way up. He said, you have to listen to me when I tell you something regarding the business. She said, I need you to talk to me like I'm your equal. I mean, damn, that's fair. Listen, we see this on reality TV so damn often. And how often does it end in divorce? 100% of the time. (laughs) He said, you do the marketing, I'll run the warehouse. See, that man already trying to take over. That lady was already doing all her shit. She didn't need you to come in there and do that. That lady said, cut her a motherfucking check. 
Because she, look, he said, I'll just be an investor in since you don't want to take my opinions. She said, boy, cut that motherfucking check, okay? Give me the bag, honey. Give me that platinum card. I'll write the check myself. Give me the pen. It can be a quill or it can be ballpoint. I don't care. Give it to me. I'll write the check my damn self. I know that's right because ain't nobody trying to work with their husband. You already got a 20-year age or whatever uh, age differences is between you. Ain't nobody trying to be that damn close. You see what happened with Tamar and Vince. They asked with Velcro, and now they, uh, they can, <laughs> them people can't even be in the same state legally, I don't think. <laughs> Tambra and Letitia meet to talk about the brunch and the ghetto. <laughs> they talk about, uh, Tambra is finding, like, you know, she's having this kind of birthday dinner. She apparently she has two every year, but this one is the one for her, kind of intimate for her close friends. And she reveals that she's invited all of the ladies. Now, see, as we know from reality TV, this is a disaster waiting to happen. She's wondering, I mean, what what could go wrong? Uh, how about motherfucking everything? That's like Jackie Christie on the basketball wire saying, oh, I wanted to invite all of you guys to my 37th wedding party. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have 511 weddings every year and I want to invite all of y'all to it. I'm sure, uh, OG and Evelyn will be just fine sitting next to each other at the table. Don't you think? Look, reality TV, y'all just living y'all own little fantasy world. Y'all really be thinking that people won't turn the fuck up at y'all functions just because you invite them somewhere. I don't know where the hell y'all live. If them people can't uh stop showing they ass at Bella Noche, if they shooting and and uh, uh firing shots at Bella Noche and people don't know where the hell they could go, you really think that people won't fight at your wedding? I don't understand it, but uh Tambra says she invited them all anyway. I'd hell, I don't I don't know. We've seen <laughs> we've seen it on reality TV countless times and on a lot of Carlos King shows, by the way. Shout out Carlos King. So, I mean, it ain't my damn business, but, uh, Tambra, it sounds like your party gonna be a goddamn disaster, but now am I gonna watch it? Hell yeah, that's the reason I toned in. We then kind of cut, <laughs> we cut to Marie telling her business partner about this brunch and how Latrice treated her while putting her red bottom heels on the table. Yes, God. I know that's right, Marie. Look, Marie takes every opportunity to let y'all know that she a motherfucking boss, that she motherfucking rich, and she ain't got to deal with y'all broke-ass shit if she don't want to. I like Marie. Marie got a bad attitude, but I like Marie. Listen, she was detailing all this shit that Latrice was calling her, which was funny as hell because... I mean, quiet as it's kept, Latrice didn't tell no lies. Latrice called that lady everything from Lil Bo Peep <laughs> to Phaedra Parks. Well, she didn't call her Phaedra Parks. I called her Phaedra Parks. Well, I mean, but damn, can you blame me? She talked about that lady finger waves. She was, I mean, that lady talked about Marie bad. Now, the shit was funny. Was it wrong? Yes, it was wrong as hell. I'm like, heavenly. It was wrong. It was dead wrong. But the shit was funny. The scene with Letitia and the woman named Dorothy Davis, when they were talking about buying back the block and they were walking up and down Ferris Street, the scenes like that are the reason why I love having TV shows, especially I'm a black person, y'all know, especially having TV shows that center around black people in different parts of America because you get to learn about so many like iconic spots that were famous 
specifically for black culture like they she was going around like business to business and she was pointing out like yeah barack obama came and he ate here because it was a legendary spot to our city bb king played here duke ellington played here i mean she's naming off person after person after hurts black history after black history after black history and letitia is saying how her grandfather wanted her to really be down here how she reminded him of her sister all this kind of stuff i just love seeing this kind of stuff on predominantly black cast because you get to like I, I didn't know if we'd ever get a reality show set in Jackson where they yet child Jackson Mississippi is it getting to see all of that in Jackson Mississippi that's a good thing because I mean the Confederate flag just came down last year like seeing that and then getting a show that's telling you about that much black history in their city that's I'm here for it I loved every minute of that. And I hope they really do get this buying back the block thing off the ground because I think it's something that we need to do in a lot more of our communities. We just don't have enough people interested in doing it. So it's mostly like we need to be buying back the block, but gentrification beats us to it. And that's so sad. Oh, I wish like thinking about like the areas here, like I grew up in Memphis, there was an area called Hurt Village. And my cousins them grew up there. Now, child, you couldn't pay me to go hang out with them in Hurst Village, okay? I kept my ass to the hoods I was used to. You know, your hood and other people's hood are entirely different things. You used to the killers in your hood. I'm not coming around your house and meeting your killers. Them whole new killers I got to make friends with. I'm not meeting them damn people. I'm staying the the, the, uh, the rivers and the killers that I'm used to. I'm not coming over there. I just, I wish that we, like, had gotten enough people together. Like think about the Memphis Grizzlies, the rappers here, yo got it, money bag, yo, all these people. I wish they would like get together and say, you know what? Let's take this whole strip of land and just put in business after business after business and buy back the block and make this the most. Like Memphis is almost 70% black. Maybe I'm lying. Maybe it's like 60. I don't know, but it's a big ass number, okay? It's a lot of black folk in Memphis. If, if they just would set their mind Set your mind to buying back a piece of the block and putting it out there as this. You could be so lucrative, but you could also have a piece of American history of your own making. Like B.B. King. There are so many B.B. King spots here. B.B. King legendary here. How many legendary figures in civil rights and music and all different kind of genres do we have here from Memphis? <sighs> Let me get off my soapbox. I just, I love seeing that on reality TV just to bring it back because y'all probably forgot what the hell I was talking about at this point. Let's jump forward and talk about that scene with Tambra. Tambra talks to Ken in my Nene voice. Ken, she told to talk to Ken. They start talking about how she's going to have the two birthday parties, you know, one really intimate with her family and then another intimate one, but a little more, you know, people <laughs> with her friends. And that's the one that, you know, the other ladies on the show are invited to. She reveals to a friend who he had no idea that she had frozen her eggs. Oh, by the way, she also reveals that a former NBA player offered her a million dollars to have a baby with her. Now, see, that's not just some shit you slip in conversation. I'm like, wait a minute. Is he, it, <laughs> is he still looking like, wait a minute, what's going on? Is the offer still valid? Look, I've been doing my breathing exercise. 
I've been doing my uh my exercise my like physical exercises like Kelly rolling pregnant ass. I've been taking my prenatals. Look, I had the baby, okay? Don't play with me a million dollars. I had twelve of the babies. You just make sure you take these motherfuckers when they come out, okay? I'd be like uh like uh Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy in life. I'd Paul. I'd I'd be that baby pappy. I'd daddy. I'm that baby's father. <laughs> don't play with me. A million dollars. She, yeah, I had a baby. You gotta keep it. I don't want this mother. Uh, you know what? Let me quit. Y'all gonna cancel me tomorrow. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, promoting child neglect. Uh, shit. Fuck them kids. Hey, give me that million dollars. <laughs> okay. Fast forward to Tambra's party. Latrice and Antoinette and Zaddy walk in late. Chat, Latrice had the nerve to say that they were walking in like Jay and Beyonce. Listen, it's a lot of different directions I can take this joke in. <laughs> Look, I don't know, I don't know about Jay and B, but y'all were definitely giving like y'all were giving like Nikki Parker and Professor Ogilvy. Like y'all weren't giving Jay and B, but y'all were definitely giving like y'all were giving Shanae and Lafons. Like y'all weren't giving J and B, but y'all were definitely emoting Miley Cyrus and Billy Ray Cyrus. Like y'all was giving them kind of vibe. Y'all was giving Heavenly and Dr. Damon. I don't know if I can give y'all B and J, but it's a lot of different people I can give y'all, just not them. So we go, we go keep them at your mouth, okay? <laughs> Look, they all sit down. And they start talking about this brunch once again, and it gets heated. They talk about Marie's attitude, and of course, Letitia, that's her friend. She starts to defend her. Antoinette asks a question. I think she was like, okay, well, what does Marie do? Letitia started hitting her with the facts. She started get running down Marie's resume. She started running down their bank account. Antoinette said something else. And Marie was like, uh-uh, nah. Uh-uh, like, well, we ain't gonna do. We not gonna put a sister down. Not on this TV show. Not on a Carlos King produced TV show. We not gonna put a sister down, okay? We might beat a sister up, but we not gonna put a sister down, okay? They went right past that. Marie said, uh-uh, we ain't gonna do that. Zaddy had to stop all that. He said, DJ, drop a little something. That DJ started playing. If you worth it, let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it in reverse. And then you're... Started playing all that shit. And then in comes Marie. Marie walks in. Latrice is at that buffet getting her food. You know, she getting a little yams and, you know, a little, a, a little piece of salad. You know, she getting a little uh, dry-ass baked chicken drum. You know, a little drummy or something. And Latrice gives her nothing. She walked right past that lady in that buffet line. And then she sat with her husband. And for some reason, this shit was so funny to me. She sat with her husband. And he says, oh, that's the one you beefing with? <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. That man said, that's the one you beefing with? He said, imagine watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Mauricio turns to Kyle and said, oh, that's the bitch you beefing with. Like, wait a minute, Mauricio. Where? <laughs> Mauricio, where? With beefing, where? <laughs> Maybe Harry Hamlin. I can see Harry Hamlin saying it because he been married to Billy from days of our lives were so goddamn long that uh we got to clutch our pearls all the time. See, you know I don't say that lady name on this podcast. We gonna call her Billy from days of our lives. I don't I don't know her other name. We don't talk about that half on this podcast, okay? 
uh, 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 hold on, side note, Tambra pulled up with a whole motorcade, and nobody was even outside to see that shit, baby, if that wasn't funny, girl, who is, is you Michelle Obama, was you, uh, was the Proud Boys go attack your birthday, like they did at the Capitol, why did you need all that security, for, like, for why, for why did you need all that damn security, you act like you, uh, I don't even know who is you Condoleezza Rice child is Condoleezza Rice still alive I ain't heard from her in so long she used to keep up plenty of shit but now I guess she didn't got quiet now I don't know what she doing but child this ain't about her we not go we not gonna speak her name over here okay somehow all the girls at the party wound up at the same table some girl Melanie shout out to the game girl Melanie wanted all the tea and Marie shut that shit down in the quickest and classiest way possible she said now look this day is all about Tambra Cherie and we're not gonna take focus away from her and let's just keep it classy and things and such and junk and we're not gonna speak no more on it I know that's right Marie Marie didn't have time for that shit okay now let me tell you something even though Marie shut that shit down her best friend Letitia, you can tell she defended her like hell when Antoinette tried to shade her, but she also sat there and she got Marie's ass right together. See, that's the kind of friend you need. One that'll defend your ass in public, but to get your ass together in private. Letitia told her, Look, we I don't want you to be the villain, okay? I want you to be a good person. Let's make it right with everybody. Let's uh become friends. And it's it's it's, it's everything that a man a, a person needs to hear. Like, nobody needs a yes man. Just tell their people what they need to hear. Marie started getting emotional, crying and such. It was good. Letitia, you a good friend. Now, let me tell you, Letitia, where you might have gotten your ass whooped a little bit, okay? Letitia and Antoinette have a conversation. Now, don't get me wrong. I laughed throughout that whole conversation. I had to hold my damn stomach. That shit was so funny. They acknowledge each other. They say that, you know, there's no bad blood. You know, at first they were talking about how thrown off uh, Antoinette was by the brunch and how people weren't being professional and all like that. You know, Letitia's acknowledging, like, you know, that's not the way I wanted it to go, yada, yada, yada. They're, they're putting everything out there on the table, and she's saying, I don't want there to be any bad blood between us. I don't want there to be any shade and all this kind of stuff. And Antoinette just jumps out, and she says, she said, I don't want the same thing, but let me go ahead and tell you, I talked about your brunch. I talked about it real bad. I was talking about them dry-ass chicken legs, <laughs> them uh, crusted-ass waffles. I was talking about all of that. I, I, I don't want there to be no bad feelings. I talked about all of that. Letitia said, well, look, I, I mean, I talked about your wig, and she reached over, and she tried to pull that wig down for her a little bit. Baby, if that wasn't the funniest shit I done seen all week, but let me tell you something. Antoinette. That lady was trying to help you because that wig that that wig was kind of hot. Now I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie that that wig was sitting up like giraffe pussy. That was some that was a high ass wig. You need to be glad Letitia pulled it down for you. You made a new friend. That's a good ass friend to have. Cause see Latrice, a woman who sells hair, she walked in that party with you. She walked in with you and she let your hair look like that. So you need you need to be friends with Letitia. Go out to lunch with her on the next episode so y'all can be friends. You know what? Let's take it on over to Bravo. I didn't woe the Bell Collective ass out. Let's take it over to Bravo and let's take a trip down to Dallas first. You know I like to I like to start in the south first. Let's take it on down to Dallas. Let me tell y'all something. Dallas girls are sugar and spice, but I'm still working on nice. 
Listen, DeAndre voice so goddamn deep in that intro. I laugh every time the show come on. I walk around saying that shit all day. The Dallas girls are sugar and spice. I'm still working on nice. Somebody said Mama D. Uh, <laughs> somebody said Mama D recorded that for DeAndre because she was sick. That lady didn't record that shit. Uh, for that lady, y'all need to quit playing. Y'all do so much that damn joking on these people. Now look, you know this is the unmitigated gall episode of the podcast. We've talked about a lot of unmitigated gall so far, but woo, let me tell y'all something. These damn Dallas housewives will wear your ass out. The theme of the Dallas episode was that Cam Westcott will do whatever it takes to be oppressed. <laughs> whatever it takes. Girl, she when I tell you she was dancing over everything that Tiffany had said on the previous episode when she was talking to these people. You trying to overreact when that lady told you that you offended her. Stop it. You need to quit that shit. If somebody tells you, this is a good general lesson for everybody. If somebody tells you that you offended them by something that you said, stop trying to constantly make that person either out to vilify you or stop trying to make them as if like their point is invalid. It's their feelings. You have to give that to people. If they're telling you that you offended them, you offended them. You Okay, you can say that you didn't want to eat the chicken fingers. But if you going on and saying that they were disgusted and all this kind of stuff constantly, and she's saying that that offends her because everybody, like, cause so many people in her culture eat that, you got to take that. She's saying it offended her. Apologize and move on. Stop trying to make yourself the victim. Cam wants to be oppressed so goddamn bad. I don't know what it is about rich women wanting to be oppressed. I child, just switch lives with me. I go through so much oppression. Every, everything that everybody does to me is oppressing. Did just take my life. Let me have a uh, court's money and let me spend that shit the way you be spending it on all that uh, dumbass dog clothes and shit. You know what? Cam, I'm going to end up cussing you out on this episode. I'm not going to try to, but I'm end up cussing you the fuck out. Let me tell you something else. Carrie and Cam are the duo that absolutely nobody in America acts for. Now, see, I told y'all that Cam was on my good side at first. I, I f- still feel that Cam is the quintessential housewife. Everything about Cam screams housewife. Her and Carrie together... Probably the two most annoying people I've ever seen on TV. So it's no surprise that they're both beefing with Tiffany for what I feel is no reason. No reason at all. Carrie is mad that Deandra is listing off uh, Tiffany's accomplishments. But look, Wendy Osefo and Tiffany Moon are impressive. Yes, I brought Wendy into this. Okay, get over it. They're impressive. Get the fuck over it. They are. They've got multiple degrees, graduated early. They're impressive. This is for all of the men and women out there that haven't accomplished anything, but have been cute their entire lives and have been afforded great lives because of their cuteness. Stop trying to knock someone else who's had to work hard their entire life and has had to accomplish a ton of shit because it makes you a hater. It certainly makes you look like one and it makes you one entirely. So stop it. An unaccomplished hater at that. So child, look, I'm trying to calm down. Y'all got me heated. Carrie, your only customer 
for them tied ass necklaces is Bronwyn's husband, Sean or whatever the hell his name is. Don't nobody want them damn arts and crafts projects. So calm the fuck down. You, you, your personality level is at a 38. You need to bring it back down to like the normal range. Bring it back down to like a 21 because you're doing a whole lot this season all of the seasons see i've never understood why people just kind of had it out for your ass but i get it now because you you really didn't bother me in the past you were just like whatever this season you showing your ass i don't know if it's because leanne gone and uh that lady ain't calling you a chirpy mexican or whatever it is no more but child carrie you getting on my damn nerves i won't be sad if they uh let your ass go after the season because you're doing when i tell you you're doing the whole most you're doing the whole most my god speaking of tiffany seeing her get recertified was everything see after we've seen doctors speaking of which the day i'm recording this is the day that married to medicine's trailer finally dropped and we have a married to medicine premiere date in march after seeing doctors cut up on reality tv for years now it's good to be reminded that they know what the hell they're doing, you know? See, that's why it's always good to see, like, on Married to Medicine, when they go into the uh, the patient's room with Simone or Jackie, and, you know, they in the hospital helping people, giving them exams, telling them, you know, talking them through uh, having sex with this condition or uh, how they're going to deliver their baby, all this kind of stuff. It's good to see because they were about to crack somebody over the head with a beer bottle the night before when they were filming. See, it's called balance, okay? It's called balance, people. It's like, did you see that doctor try to cold cock me with a fucking Michelob Ultra bottle? It's like, yeah, girl, but she did my C-section scar, and it's like minimal scarring, so it's all okay. See, that's what I like. So I like seeing Dr. Tiffany Moon getting recertified. That gives her credence. She can actually go out and get drunk now later on in the episode, okay? Attention, Carrie Brittingham, attention. Nobody gives a damn that you're turning 50. What we do care about, though, is your relationship with your daughter and how all of this is like helping her overcome depression. Whatever y'all you were doing and all this kind of stuff, I'm, I'm glad to see that. See, having a child that's openly admitted to having suicidal thoughts and working through that, that's real shit. The shit that you and Cam are trying to make into an issue on this show amongst the group, child ain't shit real about that and it's annoying the hell out of me the sad thing is that i've been going up for carrie's daughter these past few episodes and i still don't know that girl name child i've been calling her xanthippy i call her xanthippy because she looks like the girl from uh kimmy schmidt i don't know what the hell her real name is i'm I'm gonna end up calling her my little pony because she still ain't colored her hair back whatever color it was originally but child if you like it i love it i'm just glad to see that's the element i like seeing carrie in she's best when she's with her children she's best when she's with her we're all about to say with her husband but she definitely not best with him because they don't do shit but argue no way but she's good with her children i'd rather see you in that lane as opposed to literally any other lane we've seen on the show my god is carrie getting the villain edit this season I don't think so. I think Kira's just annoying as fuck. I think her and uh <laughs> and Cam are getting the dual villain Ellen because they they are a whole goddamn lot. Ooh, child. Brandy wanna be Viola Davis so goddamn bad. <laughs> she wants to be in the help so damn bad. Her ass standing in this mirror every single morning talking about you is kind, you is smart, you is important. Now look, I never want to minimize what somebody is going through 
especially when she's been talking about she's had suicidal thoughts. But imagine you going to work and like beating up a coworker and getting fired and you need to read yourself daily affirmations to remind yourself that you're worthy of a job. Like, girl, I, I don't get it. Like, I get it, but also way <laughs> like I get it, but way I get it, but way like you, the meat and the meat tenderizer. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like you, you did this. I, I don't know. I just I, I, she did all this to say that she she knows how to celebrate her birthday now. You know the fuck what? <laughs> Let me move on because, Brandy, you ain't made sense to me in a long time. I will say, DeAndra is attempting to reclaim her spot as the most liked on the show. Now, look, Tiffany, for a lot of view- viewers, has that spot right now, but you a good runner-up, okay? You you a good number two. Boyfriend number two. It's like, ugh. you a good runner-up, but then also in the same breath, Look at your competition. Like, like who the fuck else on the show is even like a bull? Like, I don't know. It's like being the the fastest flying pigeon on a broken wing farm. Does it make sense? I, but I like seeing her and her husband, Jeremy, interact. Like, that's always a good time. They seem like they're so in love. And, like, they, they just, like, have a good time all day long. That whole scene with her dropping off the uh, the mystery letter to her brother, Agent Dumas. Like, that whole scene, them two interacting, was good TV. I like them together, and I hope we see a lot more of Jeremy on the show. Because for the most part, he's been kind of you know, back up for her, but I like seeing them in dual roles. It's probably because this season they had to film a lot inside here because of COVID. We child, we got to get any character we can on this show. Girl, what's your gardener doing? Bring him over here. Let's have him do a confessional shit. I know he, he, yeah, he bring his ass over there. Yeah. The weeds were, they were really bad today. And then I had, you know what? Take your ass on. Don't, Don't worry about a shit. Side note, Leanne, it's similar to Bethany in the regard that now that she's gone, Deandra is almost like an entirely different person. It seems like the rest of the cast like kind of can breathe on their own without her because Leanne took up like a lot of space and so did Bethany. See, I love Bethany in New York. I really did. I'm, I'm not going to hide it. I do. I, Bethany was an asshole, but I liked the assholeness. I liked her on the show. I... Uh, it, I, I don't know. I just feel like the girls in Dallas can breathe a lot more without her. Like everybody seems to have a bubbly personality because when you think about it, the past four seasons literally have been people versus Leanne. Like every single season, Leanne has been the air in the room. So it just like, I don't know if it's better or worse without, her. I mean, it's better in the sense that she was saying a lot of racist shit. So she needed to fucking go. But I, you know, I'm, I don't know. It's, it feels different, but in a good way. Cause I'm actually enjoying the season of Dallas. I feel like I like seeing them in a happier bubble than seeing them like get super dark. And I don't know, save dark for another house, save dark for Beverly Hills. Cause I'm, I damn near don't want to watch their ass no way. So let's go ahead and jump forward to the party bus, AKA Brandy's birthday. Carrie, you annoying as fuck. I see why Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast, shout out to Stephanie. I see why she want to beat you the fuck up. See, I've I've never understood why people kind of had a, were weird about you, but I get it now. Like, I hate 
ungrateful, unappreciative ass people. You were harping on every little thing and you do it every single episode now. Like, okay, Deandra forgot the wine opener. She forgot other little like small things. Why keep bringing it up a million times? Like my God, that's going to annoy anybody enough times. I told y'all a million times on this podcast, I hate unappreciative ass people. That is hands down my biggest pet peeve in life. It will cause me to block your ass, unfollow you, never speak to you again in life. I hate unappreciative ass people. It is my thing. I've always hated it. So witnessing it on TV, that it, it drives me crazy. I hate the fact that I sat here, I rented a whole party bus for you. I got all this liquor for y'all. We are uh, driving to celebrate this girl's birthday. Hell, I bet they lady probably half ass like Brandy ass and, and, and doing all this for her. It ain't even for you. That's the thing too. It's Brandy's party and Brandy ain't complaining. Brandy trying to get drunk and uh, be happy. She just trying to say some racist shit in peace. And you sit up here harping on all the wrong shit. Carrie, take your ass on. But while we talking about Carrie, Carrie sliding down their pole and them patent leather white boots. I didn't know who the hell they Carrie, you a country ass motherfucker wearing them white ass patent leather boots. I hope y'all filmed this before Labor Day because whew, it was a lot going on. And Carrie, when you were sitting there watching the other women going up and down the pole, you were sitting there with your legs wide open like your dick was tired or something like you girl put your dick up and close your legs you had them like you were sitting like a dallas cowboy or a baltimore raven you like you it, <laughs> carrie let me find out <laughs> let me find out you wanted the cousins or something because you i mean it was a whole lot jen the friend y'all somehow y'all managed to get jen on that bus jen was dressed like a pilgrim and she was dancing like one too. Now, Jen, you be posting way too many explicit, not explicit, but, you know, like side boob adjacent photos on Instagram to be that damn stiff and raggedy on that bus. Listen, my favorite thing, though, was child. They tried to get Tiffany on that pole. Tiffany said, uh-uh, I don't have any stripper moves. I ain't never learned any child. What she really wanted to say was, Bitch, y'all ain't about to have my uh chief of surgery looking crazy as fucking side-eyeing me. Have me fuck around and work in the goddamn grave ship because y'all want me to pussy pop on a handstand. Oh, hell no. Nah. I'm not doing none of this shit, but uh, congratulations and kudos to y'all. I gladly watch and videotape this shit for Snapchat and then uh <laughs> and blast Brandy ass once again. But other than that, I, I'm good, baby. Listen, I've said it 88 times this episode, but I'm going to say it again. Cam and Carrie are a duo that nobody asked for. Y'all were annoying as fuck this entire trip, even after y'all got off the bus. Like, I get it. Captain Brandy, the, the doll that Deandra had or whatever. Okay, I get it. Like, y'all didn't like it. It was annoying to y'all. But y'all were a lot. Like, who asked for this duo? Like, bitch, we want Portia and Nene. Like, we want Garcelle and Sutton. We want... Leah and Tinsley. Don't know. Didn't nobody ask for Carrie and Cam. All y'all need is one more K and y'all the KKK. Like who wants that? Carrie, Cam, and is it another K's down? There? I hope not. Y'all better not have one more motherfucker with a K in their name. We're gonna have some issues. D'Angelo and Carrie started arguing, and Cam, of course, inserts herself because once again, Cam wants to be oppressed so 
goddamn badly. We all have good business, said Deandra is trying to get Carrie the fuck off of her. And she says, I had to work. I didn't have time to sit up here and plan a party down to these small details every single time. Oh, but she, we all have businesses, Cam. Listen, you had the nerve to sit up and tell that lady you wanted to shade her because you said Deandra, I mean, uh, Mama D gets, uh, gives her checks or she gets checks for her mama, everything. Who do your checks come from? They come from your husband, don't they? I, it, I don't know. This was a lot for me, y'all. Ooh, the unmitigated gall that exists in Dallas. Y'all wore me out in Dallas. It was a good ass episode though, but y'all wore me out in Dallas. Cam and Carrie, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a little sick of y'all ass now. Let's, let me go ahead and move on to Atlanta. Cause I'm all right now. Don't have me fuck around and uh, stop being a Cowboys fan because of y'all ass. Now I'm, I'm getting a little tired of your asses. One thing about Atlanta, even when the drama is slow or lacking, they always provide the laughs. That's why Atlanta will always have like the center spot in my heart as far as housewives go. Like over the years, I feel like they've given us more laughs than anybody. The only people that like even remotely compete with them as far as laughs go is maybe New York. Other than that, Atlanta has always been the funny. I just love watching Atlanta. Let me tell y'all something. Cynthia, you better than me. They start this episode out with Cynthia calling everybody in her phone book and child didn't nobody answer. Well, she called everybody but Drew. Catch that shade. I don't know why she didn't call that lady, but that ain't none of my business. Now, look, let me tell you something. If I already, you know, I already hate talking on the phone. If I call or FaceTime you and you don't answer, listen, I try. I'll, I'll just have to try again in a month and don't call me back because I'm not going to answer. I do not like talking on the phone like that. I do not like talking on the phone like that between doing this podcast, between writing my book, between working my full ass time job where they working the hell out of me. I don't like talking to people. I know that sounds crazy in my free time. I don't, mm-mm. I don't like having to get, get presentable for FaceTime. I'm I, I half ass want to answer these text messages, but child, I'll let that shit slide. Listen, local lesbians, Latoya and Kenya. No. <laughs> Listen, I'm rooting for them as a couple. I kind of want Kenya and Latoya together. They meet up and they discuss this trip. Now, child, Kenya gives Latoya a gift. Some old ass draws. Now, if I'm showing up to lunch to a friend and I give him some old ass Fruit of the Loom draws with skid marks all in them as a gift. I feel like that's going to be taken a certain kind of way. See, that's the type of gift you give to a new lover. That's why Kenny was really renting that damn uh private jet because she wanted to taste that Hello Kitty in peace. She didn't want to, uh, she wanted to, what Nene said about face, she looked like she wanted to take a bite out of Hello Kitty. I know that's right. I thought she was going to tell the girl to wear them draw, uh, them old ass draw, them BADs, them big ass draws on the plane so she could, uh, you know, see what they were looking like in private. But can you prove me wrong? Listen. Uh, Kenya, if you want that lady to wear them big ass drawers on their plane, just say that. Just say that. We're not going to judge you. Just say that. You sit up here doing all that. Just say that. (laughs) 
Tell the lady, wear them big ass drawers on the plane. This lady will be over here. She'll be watching uh Brooklyn for us. Uh, blurred out Brooklyn. Oh, poor Brooklyn in the middle of your parents fighting because Mark nose ringed and scarred up and he didn't got mad and shit. You know what? Let me get off Mark. I'm sick of his ass and I don't want to give him no more attention. Drew is a great ass addition to this show. She's a great housewife. Kenya, while her and Latoya are out for lunch, dinner, wherever the hell they are, it's raining. That's all I know. Kenya tells on the phone that Latoya and her are going to get on a PJ, a private jet, not Pilar. Uh, they go get on a PJ and uh, go down to South Carolina early. Drew, Drew's shade kind of cracked me up. Drew said, oh, a private jet to South Carolina. Look at that. <laughs> that was a shade away of saying, girl, don't pull it. That shit don't impress me. If you want to impress me, put me on a private jet and fly me out the country. Take me to Italy, bitch. Shit. Take me to Beverly Hills. That's a little bit further. Let me see what that uh credit card can really do. Let me see what that black card. You talking about the other folk, credit limit and credit cards. What can they do? Let me see what that car can do. Drew was not impressed by that, uh, that one hour ass plane ride to damn South Carolina. I know that's right, Drew. I'd be impressed though. Cause I don't know nobody that can do it, but uh, uh, Drew, you didn't had Hollywood money before. I don't blame you. Fast forward to Drew's big dinner. I guess she's having a dinner in her old house before they move to the new house. Cynthia ends up showing up first looking thicker than peanut butter. I know that's right. And can't get even get in the damn house because Drew, uh, Ralph wiping shit off of Drew's teeth and decorating and shit. Child, <laughs> listen, I would have went the fuck home. Cynthia commenting on Drew's hair and outfit. Listen, Drew is one of those people whose idea of slaying is to be dressed like a Broadway performer. I <laughs> I thought Drew was going to grab a microphone and say, Will you dream, girls, boy? We'll make you happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it that every time I talk about Broadway on this show, for some reason I start singing Dream Girls? I, I, let me watch that movie so I can get that shit out of my goddamn head. You want all my love and my devotion. Okay, listen. Candy shows up next and Candy peeking all through them people windows, climbing the fire escape, crawling through the bushes, trying to get in that lady house. Once again, Drew ain't answering the damn door. Candy had to let herself in. Drew asking her, asking Cynthia about that super spreader ass wedding that she planning. Girl, come unlock this uh cheap ass front door so I can get in. Shit. Kenya and Portia end up showing up eventually. And the producers asked them what they think of Ralph. Portia said, ain't that Kenya's line? And like a fool, Kenya answered. You know the fuck, boy. Kenya, I would think you'd be tired of being painted as the woman who wants other people's men. See, this is what I would have said. They would have said, Kendrick, what do you think of Drew's husband, Ralph? I'd say, you know what? I want a husband like Ralph one day because anyone who encourages me to put on these wigs that uh, Drew glues down, despite how it looks, is a good man, a good praying Christian man. You know what? Let me stop. I'm going to get struck down. By <laughs> I'm going to get my ass struck down. And it's raining outside too, child. Let me stop. Jesus, I'm just playing, Lord. I'm just playing. Portia then came up in these people's house and she wasted no time getting it started. She was expecting... Drew's hair to look like Tammy Roman's hair back in like 2010. Damn. 
How many basketball ride references have I done this episode? That's chance like the second or third one. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Drew defends her hair and says, bitch, it's COVID. This is the best I can do, okay? You know, see, she's like, that's why my shit raggedy. And then she shades YouTube as a child. Now, look, be real careful. Don't fuck around and, uh, you, you can shade the YouTubers. Don't fuck around and shade the fan pages because you'll wind up sued and chewed like Erica Jane ass. Child, them people go, uh, fuck around and take all the Erica shit. They go end up taking that Y in Jane and replace it with an I. You better be careful, Erica Jane. Drew, be careful. Don't talk about these fan pages. Stick to YouTube now. Just shade Latoya. Shade them fillers in her face like you did on uh, Instagram the other day and just leave, leave us the hell alone now, okay? We're trying to be on your side now. Drew shading Kenya at that table was funny as hell. She said, why the hell is Latoya talking about me? I mean, look, look at how Kenya came. She came in what she came in and she's rocking it well. The <laughs> That was shade for, now see how fucked off Kenya looking at my house right now? <laughs> and we ain't mad about it. Kenya, uh, she, now look, she did come dressed like she was going to play two-on-two basketball, but she looked good. Listen, people is doing the best they can in COVID times, Okay. I'm out here looking like Scruff McGruff because of this damn beard, but I, I'm not going to get it trimmed, okay? I don't want to, I didn't, look, I couldn't go get it trimmed for a long time. Y'all know I had the Rona. Y'all know I didn't test it negative now, Ow. but I couldn't go out the damn house. I'm just looking how I'm looking. Listen, I'm going to have to get it together myself. Y'all pray for me and pray for my beard, okay? While we praying, can we pray that we can retire People singing Amazing Grace on the Housewives. <laughs> Drew sounded good as hell, but they were low down for flashing back the Porsche at that season five reunion. Chad Porsche got the all that damn cackling and the caterwauling and shit. I feel like I was the only person in America back in the day that used to bump Porsche's song, though. That I need a shot to my chest. I just flat line. That used to be my song back in the day. Damn, y'all. That video was a little tired, but listen, that was my song, okay? Now, all the Porsche, you don't need to come out with shit else, though. Just keep coming out with, with her and, and Sheets and uh, you know, Dish Nation and chat room, do all that stuff. You good at all that. Well, I don't think we necessarily, you know, need no more songs from, you know, we got, let, let uh, uh, Tiny and Monica and, and uh, the Summer Walker and came, let them do the out child. I was about to say Kay Michelle. I don't know what the hell Kay Michelle doing nowadays. All I know is that lady uh, officially retired from love and hip hop the other day. Like we was expecting to see her on there anymore, but that ain't none of my business. Child, I don't know how the hell I got to talk about Kay Michelle. Let's just move on. Drew is messy as hell, and I love every minute of it. Kenya started at that table giving out details about their trip, and Drew had a question for every statement that Kenya made, knowing damn well she already knew the answers to it. Okay, so y'all gonna meet at Candy's house. Oh, we all going down together? Well, you know, me and Latoya are going to set up early. Oh, y'all got y'all own Sprinter. Now, bitch, you know I rented this motherfucking plane so I can eat that box in peace. Get the fuck up out of my business. See, Kenya, let me tell you something. You know Kenya holds a grudge. Kenya go hold that damn grudge over Drew here for the longest time. And and she got Latoya on her side, too. Oh, Drew, you about to be in for it. You look like you can hold your own, though. You say you're from Chicago or Detroit, wherever the hell you say you're from. And you look like you're ready to fight on the next episode. So uh, whatever you're trying to give these people, give it to them. I'm right there with you, baby. Candace Shade to Kenya, a top notch. 
Dude, ooh, you so rich. Now, see, that's a different kind of shade. Let me break that shade down for you. That's rich people shade for, real well, let me say, that's rich people shade who don't spend their money reckless. That's, that's that kind of shade. She's like, bitch, I just put 100K in a trust fund for my child. That's that kind of shade. Ooh, y'all so rich. Renting a private jet to take you an hour. Child, I guess. Candy, like, look. All these damn kids I got. Economy is just fine for me. I get on Delta Airlines. I'll uh, collect them damn Biscoff cookies and feed these kids on this damn plane. And I'll be just fine. I'll save uh, a couple of thousand dollars the way you trying to get down there on a damn private jet. Child cheese. I don't blame you, Candy. Shade the hell out of her. Fast forward. We get like the little montages of the people getting ready for the trips. Because now it's time to actually leave to go to South Carolina for the bachelorette party, bachelorette party. Cynthia busting it wide open. Cynthia busting it wide open. So doing all that, we get a little scene of Drew and Ralph in the room. And Drew is like trying on clothes and wigs for the trip. Now, look. We we finally realized that Ralph is the reason Drew's hair looks the way it looks sometimes. See, I I love the fact that he's encouraging, but but stop. Like quit lying to her. Because you were sitting there telling her, like, oh, you look so now that looks real good. Everything that lady tried on, the wig, the clothes, the jumpsuits, all that shit looked bad. Ralph, don't do that. Don't don't do that. If you're not going to tell them ladies that was doing whatever for y'all when you went missing for three days, don't tell, don't tell your wife that. Let that lady go out of town looking good, especially when you know she going with Kenya Moore, who ready to shade the hell out of her at any chance she can get. We see everybody getting ready for South Carolina other than Drew because she need a little more time to get ready by the looks of things. Kenya and Latoya are already headed to the airport and Kenya kind of gives Latoya the heads up and telling her that like, you know, you missed it. And, uh, everybody was being some shady business. Meanwhile, Portia and Shamia pull up first surprise, surprise to Candy's house. And of course, surprise, surprise with Dennis child. Don't nobody know if you and that man are ever together anymore. See, this is why you never talk about your girl's man when they break up. Just listen. Don't talk. Just listen. Never talk about him. Because you'll fuck around and call that man a cheating, low-down, dirty, bald-headed, snot-nosed, booger-mouth, bastard bitch. And then she'll be right back with him the next day. And you know she's going to tell him every single thing that you said. Stay out them people business. That's why Candy doing right. She ain't said nothing about dinner. She just like, you so funny. <laughs> and she ain't said nothing else. I know that's right, Candy. See, Candy know the games. Candy been writing about... uh relationships and uh shit going bad for so long that she knows she like Mm-mm, that ain't my business i ain't talking about that nope the rest of the ladies finally head down on that bus with marlo dressed like a a, a storm trooper from star wars and they start talking about Portia and dennis and she basically says that like they went out to dinner and they want to get on one accord but he was like kind of confessing that he was mad at her for putting him out. But then he had to get over that. He understood it. But Portia don't want him back yet. But he likes that she she likes that he's being a decent human being. Yada, yada, yada. The same shit we've been hearing from Portia and Dennis. Chad, get you another man. You need a czar or a, a count. 
like Luann had or uh <laughs> something like that. Get you some, get a get a I was about to say get a rich nigga, but Dennis got a lot of money. So get you a rich I don't know here. Get somebody other than Dennis. How about that? Side note, Shamia, you look good as hell. They finally gave Shamia a confessional after all these years, an interview look, and Shamia, you knocked it out of the park first try. Kudos to Shamia. Hold on, let's give uh Shamia some snaps. Hold on. There we go. Shamia, you did that. You looked good as hell. Child, they show Kenya and Latoya getting off that plane happy as hell. They laughing, skipping, jumping. They little Sally Walker in. I guess Kenya, Kenya must have ate that thing from the back on that plane because they were them smiles were big as hell getting out there. But I wonder if Latoya had them hand-me-down ass draws on. I'm gonna DM her and I'm gonna see if she'll answer me and tell me if she had them them uh run over ass, holy ass draws on that Kenya gave her. Meanwhile, them motherfuckers from uh <laughs> the rest of the girls that met at Candy's house on that bus sweating like Rosa Parks back in Birmingham in nineteen fifty five. Then they found out that all them did uh Latoya and Kenya and Brooklyn and Nanny were all on a private jet. Marlo's reaction was proud. A jet? After that lady shut Marlo down about getting on that jet, Marlo was the one that said we need to get a jet. Portia said we need to invite Fallon. Fallon, the one with the private jet. Ooh, this, look, this is all making for a great episode next week, and I'm ready for it. Uh, 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 Atlanta. Y'all funny as hell. That was a really good episode. I loved it. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm excited to see this bachelorette party play out. Now, let me go ahead and get into the unmitigated gall of Salt Lake. Jen Shaw, let the mouse go. Jen is mad at everything and everybody for no damn reason she mad at whitney after uh the lady apologized and you forgave her she mad at lisa for accepting whitney's apology she she mad at heather for being the latest damn cousin i don't know i don't know why she mad at heather but damn you just mad at everybody meredith praise god i'm so glad for people like you meredith got the fuck up from that table after jen started getting crazy she let Jen's ass be mad alone. That's what the fuck you need to do to these people. She got the hell up. She said, you know what? I'm disengaging. Nobody's going to speak to me aggressively. I'm leaving. Now, see, me, while I'm congratulating you, I probably would have had to jump across that table like uh, Evelyn Lozado jumped across that table at Jen on Basketball Wives. This is, I, I feel like this podcast is like a secret basketball wife stand account like i why have i made so many basketball wife references on this one episode i don't understand lisa barlow on the other hand you you better than i'll ever be why the hell are you following her out of this restaurant when she's having this insane psychopathic reaction to absolutely nothing heather and whitney are angels because jen would have had to square up with me if she would have touched me if she would have put her hands on me the way she did heather that show, listen, they would they they would have needed security instead of producers the way they did on Potomac. That shit would have been bad. Heather, you can tell though, Heather wanted to fight. She was shaking. You can tell she was standing there just thinking, what would my pioneer ancestors do in this situation? Heather, I don't know. They would have said, beat her ass. No, I don't know. Child, I, I don't even know what the hell a pioneer is, so I don't know. I can't tell you what they, I just know about my ancestors. I can't really tell you about yours. 
other than the fact that they they weren't good to mine. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> Whitney basically said, y'all got me fucked up. Whitney started telling everybody business. She said, girl, she said that uh, Jen said Meredith got a side knuckle. She said that Lisa talking shit about you uh, to everybody, all kind of shit. Now all the girls are finally wising up and they getting ready to turn on Jen. Somehow they all wind up upstairs, everybody except for Jen. And of course, Mary, because she trapped in the closet. And baby, they they got together on Jen's ass. You know, you know shit bad when motherfuckers got to get together and meet about you. Oh, that that's some bad shit there. They telling how Jen is treating uh how she's like threatening to drown Whitney in the back of her lake or something like that. All kind of shit. Whitney says that Jen has basically like been wanting her to put out things about Meredith's relationship which end up like kind of pissing Meredith off, but she ends up coming clean. She ends up telling them like, you know, we've been separated and we've dated other people, you know, kind of back and forth, but we're back together now, child. I, y'all better than me. Y'all, all of this, I'm just, I was, I was angry. Don't get me wrong. This is finally, this is a good ass episode of Salt Lake City. You know, I've been missing Mary Cosby. I ain't been liking her. She ain't been around. So I haven't been enjoying it as much. This was a good-ass episode, though. Lisa talking about, uh, <laughs> talking about she ready to end her friendship with Jen because this was the cherry on the icing on the topping on the top of the cake. I don't know what the hell she was talking about, but I know that's right. I, it's my topping, too, girl. I'm tired of Jen ass just like you is. Let's get back to Salt Lake City because we take a break from what's going on in Las Vegas and they take us back to our good sis Mary that's trapped in the closet. Everything about Mary is chaotic, especially the way she dresses. She had on like a long flowing pink button down shirt with like ruffles on the sleeves. Some kind of like, you know, fitted jean and like green gator high heel boots. Like, I don't know what mirror mary looks in when she gets dressed but i've told y'all this before look i genuinely feel like it 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 i don't know i feel like mary's sense of style like makes sense to me for some reason i don't i i can't explain it it makes sense to me because i feel like she's a church lady like i don't know i feel like she reminds me of like the kojiks and the baptists and all the like the women at church that like go shopping for the big hats she reminds me of them personality-wise and appearance-wise. Everything about her just screams Kojic. And I uh, I mean, it's a lot, but I like to look at it. But listen, Mary has finally kind of been vindicated. I'm about to say victimized. She's been victimized by Jen, too. But she's finally been vindicated about everything she's been saying. She had told them people months ago, you know, Lisa calls her on the phone. She had told these people months ago that every time y'all go out to eat with Jen, everybody leaves hurt. And now the night before, literally everybody went out to eat with Jen and everybody left hurt. And child, she physically put her hands on Heather. So uh, you physically hurt. You know what? I just can't deal with it. But let me tell y'all this. Jen Shaw... It's kind of like the Salt Lake City version of Cameron Westcott. And let me tell you why. I know y'all probably thinking like, what the fuck are you talking about? That on the surface, that makes no sense. 
not in the literal sense because like Whitney would make more sense as the the Cameron Westcott version of uh <laughs> you know what I mean the Salt Lake City version of Cameron Westcott but both of them Jan and Cam both of them need and want to be oppressed like literally in every aspect of life Heather had to come and get her ass all the get way together in that hotel room and that's how you know because, see, that's the problem with Dallas. Nobody has really gotten Cam's ass together because Cam don't like to hear excuses. Heather came in that room and got Jen all the way together. Jen, ooh, Jen is one of those people that needs, like, drama to survive in life. Like, would die, could not do without it. She needs it. In, and people like that are exhausting to be around. Like, the people... Ugh, just like Cam, shit, because Cam does the exact same thing. They want people to like, they want their friendships to be work. And like, I don't want another job outside of my job that isn't paying. Like being your friend ain't paying no money. Like, I just want somebody to go to the club with Ed now and then. Like, I want somebody to go out to eat with, try a new restaurant with. I don't want all of this that's required on your friendship resume. Like, I'm not signing a contract with you. You want your friends to fill in for your husband while he's three states away coaching football. Hell to the now, to the now, now, no. I'm not doing it. Jen, between you and Cam, I don't know which one of y'all been working my, and Carrie, Jen, Cam, the JKK. <laughs> I don't know who of y'all three have been working my nerves the most, but let's just say y'all all in the running and everybody can get a damn crown by the end of this episode because I'm sick of all three of your asses. Child, they go to some psychic or hypnotist. I don't know what, what she's defined as, but they go to her house. Heather shows up with Jen. Now, them people thought that Jen, they, they didn't know nothing about that damn lady. They thought Jen was at home uh, taking them damn interns, them four interns that she got through hell. They had no idea that lady was still in Las Vegas. They started talking and baby, baby, Jen lives in her own reality. She was lying on everybody in that room and wouldn't let anybody talk. Meredith finally got her chance to talk and she let Jen's ass have it. She said, don't be, she said, look, don't piss me off, bitch. Well, no, she didn't say that, but she said, you don't want to piss me off, you know? And she basically said, you're preaching about loyalty, but you're also making disparaging comments about me and my husband's relationship. Like behind my back, bitch, Jen was stuck. I mean, you know, most times she usually already stuck because of the Botox and the fillers and all that kind of stuff. But she was stucker. She was stucker than she usually is. It was, ooh. Listen, Meredith asked everyone if it's true. And child, them people took turns throwing Jen's ass right, right up under that damn bus. That was some funny shit. Jen tried to lie and Heather said, girl, they just want you to apologize. Just apologize. Apologize. Say you're sorry. She tried to apologize and the hypnotist tried to walk her through the apology. She said, no, you can't. You can't do it that way. Just say, you know, say I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you believe it. You know, only if you believe it, though. And just say I'm sorry. Say I'm sorry. You just do it and you say I'm sorry. I believe. Jen was rolling her ass, cackling and kiki. And that shit was kind of funny, though. But then they get to the crux of everything that was going on. That lady told them to raise a hand if they do not trust somebody. She started with Meredith. Nobody raised their hand. Went to Lisa. 
Nobody raised their hand. Went to Whitney. Nobody raised their hand. They got the gin. Every single one of them motherfuckers raised their hand. But when it got to Heather, Jen had the unmitigated gall to raise her hand. Now, Jen, I know you are fucking lying to me. Them people, let me tell you something. The producers on that show got your ass together with their montage they put together. Heather said, I've literally left every single party that you stormed out of and followed you chasing your ass all through Salt Lake City because you steady beefing with people. They put that clip together. Child, they literally at the uh, the Roaring Forties party or whatever it was. Heather was outside calling Sharif to come get Jen at Mary's uh, uh, tacky trifling ass Met Gala ball party. There's Heather chasing out the Jen to bring her back in so everybody can talk and apologize. Every other party, there's Jen. Here's Heather chasing out the ass. See. Y'all better friends than I can ever be. I'm not going to sit up and keep chasing out of somebody that's uh, as unhinged as Jen. I'd go home from that party drunk as hell. Find some dick. But, you know, I'd go home with that party and I would, I'd block Jen on every social media site, blocking my phone. Look, I ain't got that, that much time in the world to be dealing now and be stressed out about a friend. Not a friend. I can't be stressed out about a friend. Not that way. Uh-uh. Y'all got me fucked up. You know who can be friends with her, though? My pioneer ancestors. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.